and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street, a monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you can also rate and review us on Apple iTunes. All right. Today we are talking about Silent House with M. Highland. M. Tell everyone what's your favorite scary movie, number one, and like what your horror origin story is. Where did you get started with um, enjoying this very strange genre? I would have to say my favorite horror movie is Evil Dead 2, um, followed by Reanimator. So kind of my, I like a lot of the like campy 80s cult classic sort of movies, but I'm definitely... I like a lot of different genres. I My origin story, actually, I'm going to say is me and my cousins used to watch horror movies at the beach. It was like a, a yearly tradition. <laughs> we would go rent VHS tapes, later DVDs at the beach. And I remember watching The Ring and walking outside and I was like, I'm about to die. And I don't know why that that clung to me. And I was like, more of this. But that's what happens. <laughs> Yeah, and here we are. Funny story. You're not the first person to mention the ring in their origin story. (laughs) You're like, this person. (laughs) And it's even the American version. We're going to have to have a ring off, is all I was saying, to get all the people on who have that in their origin story. (laughs) Because I know I've mentioned that the first time I watched the ring, after after the credits, it plays that video that they watch. And then as soon as that was done, my phone rang and I nearly... (laughs) shit myself (laughs) but it was just my grandma it was not some creepy little girl (laughs) could be scary too that's very true Uh, so em tell everyone where they can find you on social media to keep up with all you've got going on and everything like that yeah so you can follow me on instagram at slothgoth666 I do a lot of posts about kind of fashion and makeup. I also have a little highlight that I do some horror reviews just for for fun. Um, And then I'm trying to start a series of reviewing energy drinks. So there's a lot of mayhem and fashion on my Instagram page. If y'all want to check it out, slothgoth666. (laughs) It's a great account. I can't can't convey how great it is. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so honored. (laughs) All right, um, so let's get down to our just general thoughts on the film Silent House. This is the most offensive movie we've covered in both seasons, not even just this season. And I, I, I just want to apologize to anybody who might have watched this in preparation to listen to this episode. We cannot have foreseen this coming. Yeah, my <laughs> most general thought is yikes. Yeah, for me, like... I mean, it was all frustrating, I could be wrong, but probably one of the most like frustrating parts of this film was that, I, and listen, I am okay with like found footage films. I'm okay with um, the editing of this film to make it look like it was done in one shot. Okay, it's cool, whatever. But can we keep the camera still, please? Because <laughs> that camera was bouncing around. I was like, I'm getting sick watching this movie. <laughs> and not because it's scary, but because this camera won't stop moving. <laughs> Yeah, it was wild to me. It actually gave me a little bit of like Raimi Cam vibes that I was like, is this Evil Dead 2 now? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> there was, I liked it a little bit, but ultimately I didn't really think that it worked either. So I, I'm with you there. 
at first I was like, maybe. And then I was like, no. I was like, did someone film this on their iPhone when they're like. <laughs> it felt like how I imagine it would feel to go back and like rewatch, replay the original Silent Hill games. Like we, we talk a great deal about nostalgia, but we're not going to go pick up a PlayStation 1 and do that. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> and fair point. Um, my other note, which is irony, is that like we set out so I could like have one month where I don't yell a man has been here and Google liked us. Um, <laughs> this poor woman was outnumbered and it showed a real fast, a real soon. Because um, <laughs> I mean, I don't even, it's just, we're going to get into it, but it's a lot of, it's a lot of men have been here. Um, <laughs> Yes. I really wonder if she, if the, if the woman who was on the writing team, she just like left for the last twenty minutes. She's like, "Y'all got, y'all can finish this, right?" And then it all went to hell. <laughs> I'm also curious how much of this comes from the fact that it's a remake, because I never saw the original, and so I don't know how much is the original creator's fault as well. I don't want to watch his because I've seen this one now. So like, if it's amazing, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> maybe one of the listeners has watched it and can let us know yeah just give us a yay or nay if we should go see that original or if we should just take this off or what it, we saw here yeah. yeah all right any other general thoughts before we get into our specific points just Oops. that i hated it i don't know <laughs> 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 well okay let's get down to what reasons why we hated it uh, <laughs> my first point i found the color scheme of this movie to be very green i felt there were a lot of olive greens there were like leaves on the wallpaper i thought that might be kind of a motif and there might be a sense of like growth or change or something um it, no, that didn't that didn't work out. I was giving it way too much credit up front. It was just bad. Like that that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> you had hope. <laughs> it was such a random movie. It's like nobody talked to each other. They just all showed up and started doing stuff. And they were like, "It'll be on film, and then it'll make sense." <laughs> it was not the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I did, I didn't pick up on all the green. It's really interesting with that that you picked up on that. I would, if, if it were a better movie, I might go back and watch it and see, see if I could pick up on it, but I probably won't. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Like, when you said that, I thought about how it starts with Sarah, who's played by Elizabeth Olsen and what I'm sure Elizabeth would like to forget. Um, but she's out walking in nature. And I was like, that's weird because it's called Silent House. So like, we're going to get into this house where I'd be out in nature. And it was like grass and trees and water. And I was like, this is really beautiful. We're going to get real awful real fast, aren't we? The editor really tried to save this movie. Um, I hope they went on to do better, less problematic work. And I'm also not sure why that gimmick needed to be applied to this movie, other than they didn't have any idea of what they were doing and tried to find ways to make it cool. Yeah, that's similar to one of my upcoming points as well, is just why? Why did they edit it to make it look like one take? Like, it didn't lend itself at all. It just was a random gimmick. Yeah, it was like, don't don't mind us with all our problematic stuff. We're doing this cool editing thing. <laughs> right? It's over here. That's, that's very much that. Over there. Yeah. Right. 
it just it didn't it didn't make sense because like we've all seen a haunted house haunted person movie before and it's told better when you're not like following the person so close that you're like looking at one part of their body every once in a while it, I, I feel like it they tried to just like cause chaos on purpose to accompany the chaos of this project yeah i agree mm-hmm. um so and let's just get into it because my very first note, and I clocked it from like, I think it was the first five, 10 minutes of this film. The relationship between this girl and her uncle is awkward from the go, from, from the beginning. When he had that conversation with her that was like, oh, he was like, oh, look, you look so great. You've grown, look how much you've grown. I was like, there is something here. And I don't, I already don't like where this is going. And then when the dad had the moment with the Polaroids, I was like, yep, here we go. Uh, and so I knew from the beginning and then in the end, they were just like, let me hammer this over the head, over your head over and over and over again. This is what this movie's about. And I didn't need that because they made it pretty clear from the beginning what was going on. I was hoping it would just be sexism was the monster because that's an obvious monster we need to be talking about. Cause they were calling her sweetie and they were like treating like a child and i was like what is what is wrong because sarah looks like an adult woman like it's elizabeth olsen in 20 something so i'm not gonna believe she's like a little fifth grader or whatever and so i was i was high key concerned about that dynamic from the uncle and the father yeah it was spooky anytime a grown adult relative is talking about how good you look especially if they're like I don't know, an ooky uncle, <laughs> then run away, run the other direction. <laughs> get out, get out of this house now. <laughs> I wanted to see them both die bloody deaths on screen because of the way they talked to her and treated her up top. Yeah. I know, I was so ready. I, they really, they needed the worst deaths. This but... movie needed to provide us with that justice and it did not. I wanted the house to fall on one of them. Like sort of yeah. style, but with more blood and less glitter. Yeah. No glitter. They don't deserve any glitter. What are you talking about? <laughs> they know what they did. <laughs> so actually this builds pretty well. Um, I The house didn't make sense to me in its physical layout. And I am bad at directions. I get lost very easily. And I noticed very quickly that I was like, okay, this house doesn't make sense. This isn't just like my poor sense of direction. It doesn't make sense. And I thought for a sec, I was like, maybe this is purposeful. It's supposed to be disorienting. And it's supposed to be like, Elizabeth Olsen is perceiving things and she's disoriented. So we're making the viewer disoriented. And again, I was giving the movie too much credit up front and I was like, it's bad. I mean, yeah. How many floors did this house have? Because they kept being like, it's upstairs. No, it's downstairs. No, it's down downstairs. No, it's up up mill stairs. And I was just like, what is going on? Again, chaos. Chaos. How you have anybody draw you a map before you start filming in a giant house? That's no one's job. No one was like, who's going to be the map keeper? We have 9,000 people here. Surely someone has a What? I know it was like the house of leaves or something like I felt like I was reading this book again uh which but the book was so much better than this movie was so maybe that's (laughs) what I wish I had been doing (laughs) it made me feel like I was drunk in a target which I've not been able to do in so long (laughs) 
<laughs> but it wasn't the fun kind where it's like, oh, we found the chips again. Can I really get these? It was like, the, I don't know what floor we're on. I don't know what's going on. Why are so many empty rooms with just a table? <laughs> and one of my notes about this house uh, was, why is this family so against natural light? Like, I understand that you've got the windows boarded up because you haven't been there in a long time. But you're there now. We can unboard these windows and get some sunlight in this place. Because 75% of this movie takes place during the day. This house was kind of dilapidated, which was a problem because they were coming here for vacation, I thought. And I was like, why would you go to this, like, raggedy, haunted house <laughs> for the summer? Yeah, they said they were going to sell it. And I was like, who's going to buy this house? I'm not... <laughs> No, there's holes in right. the walls. <laughs> walls. Yeah, I, choices. And there's no light ever. <laughs> truly a wild environment. Like, I don't, yeah. Mm. Crazy. I guess we can go ahead and get into this. Um, I feel like, I feel like the, I feel like the child abuse felt thrown in to try and give this movie substance that it didn't have. It was insulting, rushed, felt gross, and was so not earned. And I, I, it was one of those things where it was like a slow motion wreck where you started to see when they made that decision to do this. And you're like, don't do that. Don't do that. And they're like, no, we're going to do it because we got to tie this chaos together somehow. And I'm like, that's not the way. Yeah. And similar to that, uh, one of my points that I wanted to make is like, just be honest about the type of movie you are. Yeah. Like there's so many genres of horror, they did not need to present this as a supernatural movie when it's just not that at all. Just be honest about your genre. People know what to prepare for in terms of you know possible triggers, but also in terms of, you know, just am I gonna enjoy this movie at all? Like just be upfront about the type of movie you are. That sounds so basic to me. And I was like, just, wow. I was just going to say, had they stayed in their lane with a chaotic, rushed B-movie, we would have been fine. But along the way, someone was like, we got to do something else so people will talk about it. And we can make it spicy by doing all these things that people used to do in 2011 when they like piss on people with mental illness and are survivors of trauma. Which I, it's not for me. I don't like that. I was very upset on top of my time being disrespected. <laughs> it was levels rage and, and one of the things one of my notes about it too is like i thought the first hour of this film they hinted at the abuse and so if you if you read into the film i think you could read into that and get what was going on without them banging without them like banging over the head with it like they did in the last 26 minutes i think the scariest scene for me was when all the lights are out. Um, Elizabeth Olsen is in the attic and she only has the Polaroid camera, which, hello, another symbol of what's going on here. I don't need you to spell it out for me. We, we get it. But she's taking the picture and the, the things like coming at her. So that, was, that was scary to me. And if that movie, if the movie had ended after that scene, I kind of, I mean, I wouldn't have loved the movie, but I don't think I would have like, had as much hatred for the movie as I do. It's the last 26 minutes that abso- that absolutely take this movie from meh to shit. 
And so if they had cut that completely or reworked it completely, I think it would have helped this movie tremendously. Not that it would have made, again, not that it would have made it a good movie, but it would have made it a movie that you could get through. <laughs> I think I've made all my points except my final point, which is an important one. Don't hide under tables. Don't do it. You put, it's just not strategic. Like you, it's hard to get out from under a table or a bed and not be seen. You're putting yourself in a very vulnerable position. Just don't, don't hide under things. No, that's that's a PSA from me. Really, stop hiding under tables, especially the tables, because they can see you. Yeah, I mean, you're not as hidden as you think you are. Beds have to kind of get down on your level to like look under there, but like tables, you just gotta kind of go. <laughs> How you doing under there? If you're short, you're gonna see that person immediately. Like, I'm I'm not looking eye level. I look down a lot. I'm just saying. I'm a, I would know. I feel like I would see someone under a table right away, and I would be like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> Better. <laughs> it just again chaos for the sake of chaos. They were like, "Put her under the table." Every room. Why were there so many tables and so many empty rooms? Also, like, were they table collectors? I don't understand. <laughs> they were, they were, They're just tables. They were a really big fan of that song from Les Mis. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. Oh my god! <laughs> of empty tables. Yep. <laughs> Just tables on tables. Well, one of the choices I'll never understand is why did why did she allow him to take her back to that damn house? Also, now looking back on it, so she is essentially the one killing people, but she's also terrorizing herself. I just need somebody to make sense of that for me because I don't think it makes sense. <laughs> That's what happens when you let men run at mental illness <laughs> because they're like, we don't need to do research. We don't need to like make it make sense. We just have to do it. I've not seen them that Shyamalan split, but I hear it's a lot of this as well. Yeah, I mean, because like now that I think about it, it makes sense why she lets her, why she lets him take her back to the house. Now that I know that she's the, the villain, because I may not know while I was watching it, but then but she was also the one being chased out of the house. But no, I'm. This is Man, not a coherent been... film. Yes. <laughs> uh, one of the other things that really just like salted my teens is that they tried to redeem this gross uncle towards the end. And I hate when media does that because so often we'll have a character that does something unredeemable. But again, people don't read the room. And so like on Good Girls, they have that one character who tried to like assault one of the leads in the first season. And he keeps going back for comic relief. And it's like, no, he, he's not funny. This is wrong. Or like in Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, where the one sheriff cop was happily racist and just like hurting black people the whole movie. And then at the end, he's like, I'm gonna be cool. I'm gonna help her find her daughter's killer by sacrificing myself for an hour. And it's like, no, you, this doesn't this doesn't negate what you've told me about this person. And I think that that's right. one of the things we're lacking in some of these writers' rooms and groups because they don't think to like look outside their own experiences. So of course they're like, well, we can bring this person back in to be comic relief or to be forgivable because who's he hurt? Nobody looks like me. And so that's another thing that just like really pissed me off about this movie. Well, it also, it felt like the reason they were redeeming him in quotation marks 
was because he just watched and didn't but I was like that's just as bad like that's not like he's any better than the dad who was doing it because he watched and I'm not unconvinced that he wasn't part of it too but that's what he said I don't know if he knew what was happening he's responsible mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. yeah I was very uh, <laughs> very pissed the whole movie the whole movie <laughs> Uh, I've, I've done all my points. Sheree, have you, uh, Emma, have you done all yours? Yeah, I kind of, I sped through mine. I'm very uh, goal-oriented, I feel like, in this podcast. <laughs> I've just been like, point, 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 here we go. Yeah. I usually ramble, so. Now I'm rambling, though, so. Rambling's <laughs> good. Rambling's really? really good. But also, the last time we did a really bad movie, there ended up being a cereal spot for Cheerios, so maybe we'll find a sponsor if we keep doing bad movies. Like- <laughs> <laughs> maybe it'll be a table maker. Ooh. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Or, or a chair company. Oh, Nightmare on <laughs> Street. Or, you buy or, Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> or the touring company of Les Mis. Who knows? I'm down for it. I do like bread. <laughs> I remember some like bread. But not American bread, though, because I've been spoiled. I want baguettes that are imported. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But like back to this problematic movie, because I do have one more point, sadly. (laughs) Um, I I just want to like specifically talk about how the mental illness was so mishandled. Like I, I had not seen mental illness this badly handled since I was a kid watching soap operas in the 90s where they would just be like, she's got DID, so no sense is gonna be made. And I'm like, oh. And so I'm upset that nobody thought to open a damn book or call a therapist or anybody. They were just like, let's just have her say she's got it at the end and then have her like sort of like rub up on her father and say these things that are definitely from the male gaze to bring home what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I get that like, especially since DID comes from, usually from what I know from friends who have it, stems from like childhood trauma um so it, it, it kind of makes sense that she would but like it's still it's not handled right because like why is your other your other identity attacking it's again i go back to why was she the one being attacked and then suddenly she's the one attacking it just doesn't i don't know maybe i missed something or maybe <laughs> i don't know no it was a mess I hate that a lot of times the way mental illness is presented in in horror movies or in film in general is just like, we're just going to throw a bunch of like unpredictable behavior or harmful behavior out there. And then we're going to say, yeah, mental illness. And that has, that's so uh, stigmatizing of those of us who do have mental illnesses. Like it's really messy and it really impacts people and it's really irresponsible, I think. Yeah, it, it creates a stigma, which I think has been a, the stigma of mental illness has been around for generations. And I think just recently, I think our generation and maybe generations after us are are getting more in tune with it, just because we're more open to admitting that we have these diseases or disorders, or you know, and you know, I so hopefully in the future it gets better. But yeah, it's like. The, the creating stigmas through films specifically horror films about mental illness are, is not helpful i think our generation and hopefully the ones after us are also helped 
because after all these like generations of generational trauma and watching our parents and grandparents not deal with their shit when things could have been talked out and helped, I think that that has had lots of repercussions for us. And so of course we're like, I'm going to go not be like my mom or whoever. I'm gonna go see someone and talk about this because there's no shame in that. And usually the problems are fine and you can work through them once you have like your set list of how you're gonna deal with it and how you're gonna handle it, whether that be pills or whether that be other things. Uh, it's just, it's a matter of talking to someone as opposed to having Matt Damon and Matt Damon here show you what the idea is with Elizabeth Olsen one weekend. <laughs> In a house that makes no sense. No, with no, with no windows. Also, don't make sense. Sophia. Yeah. We didn't talk about her. What What was that? Who was she? Why was she? Also, did anyone else notice that when she, so when, as she's realizing it, it's all coming to terms at the very end, she looks in the, in the window, because there's windows inside the house, but no windows to the outside. Anyways, um, <laughs> she looks in this window pane and her reflection looks like Sophia. She's got like really dark hair, which maybe she dyes it. I don't know. No judgment on that. But like, <laughs> it was just a really strange choice. Was Sophia her? Was that her other persona that she's create, created through uh, through her DID? I don't... It was... Sophia had like two scenes. One up top where she was stopped by and we thought she might be a friend. And I was like, that's where she's getting a visit before we start a horror movie. And it was like, don't forget, don't forget. And like, don't forget what, Sophia? And then she left. Also dressed for different weather, which I we talked about when we were watching this. Because like Sophia and Sarah were in two different seasons. And I was like, so is it cold or is it hot? I didn't know. <laughs> and then we don't see her until right. the end. It's chilly. Yeah. <laughs> right? It seemed to be chilly because Sarah's like bundled up the whole movie. And then Sophia's like, mm, hot girl summer. And I was like, so what is it? <laughs> She's just hot natured, okay? <laughs> and then she shows up with <clears throat> Oh, also another another part that we like another part in that first scene though that I was like when Elizabeth Olsen says that there's gaps missing in her memory, and I was like, oh, Yep, there it is. There's that trauma that you're not remembering. <laughs> and we're about to find out. She hasn't mentioned her Facebook and her dad said something weird about how you should monitor that or something. So yeah, now that we're thinking about it, I, I can sort of see how they might have thought that those were enough breadcrumbs. I won't go back <laughs> to see this movie again <laughs> to check on that. Telling, because I normally watch movies at least two, three times before we talk about them. But for this one, I was like, they were careless in making it. I'll be careless in reviewing it, and we're all gonna be fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Any other points before we move on to hot takes? I got nothing. <laughs> but I like this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing but contempt for this movie. <laughs> I was gonna say it's one of those times where you're doing something and you're like, and this too, twenty twenty one, and this too. <laughs> Like, you've not done enough to me? You're gonna make me watch this movie now, too? Ah. <laughs> oh, anyways. All right, let's get into some hot takes. Um, Em, what's your hot take? My hot take is that I, I personally demand an apology from everyone involved in the making of this movie, and that does include Elizabeth Olsen. It should. It should. It does. Mm. 
Quite so. They owe you <laughs> and us and everyone else who's encountered this movie that. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tweet Elizabeth. Say you're sorry. I, I need to hear it. Yeah. Like, she has to because like she was the favorite Olsen. Right. Now this is there. And we have to talk about it because like, it's gonna be Mary-Kate or Ashley again? Like, <laughs> your move, Elizabeth, your move. Elizabeth, if you're out there listening, come on the show, we'll interview you, we'll get this all handled so we can all move on. Yeah. I'll be there too, because I want my apology. <laughs> <laughs> Invite me back just to get apologized too. <laughs> the bonus episode, Elizabeth Olsen apologizes and explains right. how this movie came to be. <laughs> <laughs> The trial of Elizabeth Olsen. <laughs> I, I mean, in, slightly in her defense, this this is very early in her career, so she's probably taking any job she can get. But still, we need an apology. <laughs> Even in desperation, mistakes can happen. <laughs> I also wonder, just because it was such a chaotic movie, if maybe the ending was being written while they were there. Like in Scream 3, they were still like taking things away and putting things in. And so I wonder if it's one of those where you sign on for something thinking it's going to be one layer of mess and then it's a seven layer of mess situation and you're like, well, I'm in too deep. Right. This is not horror, but that reminds me a lot of the making of the Super Mario Brothers movie, which is the most chaotic (laughs) (laughs) thing that exists. (laughs) Oh my God. True story. Because I was a kid, had a crush on John Leguizamo. I watched that movie so many times trying to figure out what was going on and i still don't know no one does um i actually i enjoy it every time because it's free on youtube oh yeah but um yeah it's it's chaos um sorry to (laughs) jump to something else (laughs) we have to with this movie sometimes (laughs) (laughs) we need a break right that was fun chaos i i might have to watch that now that i'm older and can get my own alcohol and see if i can make it make (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is the worst movie we've covered this season and I'm going to go ahead and call it. I'm going to give it the Lords of Salem stamp and award. Da-da-da-da. Congratulations, cast and crew of Silent House. This is awful waste of my time. Um, I hope that if you're one of the people who listen to this first before you watch the movies, you don't watch this movie. And if you do, I'm going to apologize again anyways because this was such a bad movie. <laughs> and that's all I got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think, okay, so one of the only few like positive things I can say about this movie is that I thought that they used the silence in those like really, the first hour, they used that silence to really kind of build tension. I thought that was effective. Other than that, it felt disjointed, harmful, and predictable. So I wish there'd been more silence. <laughs> Also, I just want to tell filmmakers, you don't have to hit your audience over the head with what you're, the message you're trying to say. We get it. Like I said, I knew that there was some abuse between her and her father and her uncle from like the first five minutes. I did not need the last 20-something minutes of you just slapping me in the face with it over and over and over again. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You need to trust your audience. Yes, and like Em said earlier, be honest about what this movie is, because like I went in expecting paranormal, and I left getting rape revenge, and they didn't fit. 
<laughs> did not make sense in the end. This felt like a movie where someone called their friend and was like, I got an idea for a movie. We're going to edit it to be one shot. And the friend was like, yeah. And then they showed up on the first day and like, we got an Olsen, yeah. And then somebody's like, where's the script? And they're like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody brought the script? Oh, <laughs> damn it. Group project. <laughs> It'll come to us. Like a group project where somebody totally dropped the ball. Suddenly you're in the class giving a presentation. There's no PowerPoint. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, the person who was supposed to provide the script and the person who was supposed to provide the map of the house, just AWOL. Maybe the same person. <laughs> Oh, uh, all right. Well, that was Silent House. <laughs> we could file that one away now. Uh, thank you, Em, for joining us and letting us put you through this film. Yeah, I, it was it was my pleasure to be here. I've been desperately wanting to be on this podcast, so this was. Any movie I had been told to watch, I was going to watch it. I'm just happy to be here. I want to ride, you know? <laughs> well, we'll have to have you back on a better film. <laughs> the bright side, Please. all the films have to be better. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Nowhere to go but up. <laughs> right? Because right? under the table is taken. So, like... <laughs> oh, under the table. That's, that might be the title of this show. Who knows? Uh... <laughs> Under the table and screaming <laughs> because I love a good 90s pun reference. <laughs> All right. And uh, so next week, we're going to be covering Tigers Are Not Afraid with Dr. Julie Ray Mullenkamp. Whoop, whoop. And that'll be continuing our month long Women's History Month celebration. <laughs> the rest of the month is really good, I promise. For those of you who stopped in for this one first, I swear <laughs> we do good movies here. <laughs> We just did Promising Young Woman, so give us give us a little break. That one was so good that we had to do something like really bad to balance out the scales. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you, M. Thank you to everyone listening, and make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye. <laughs>